This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And Kara, guess who I am? This is my impression. This is a podcast impression. Listen closely. Uh, you hear that? Hold on. I'll do it again. I have no I'm idea. tearing up paper. That. I'm the speaker. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nancy Pelosi, nice to meet you. And we're all bad—let's be honest, we're all basking in the warm glow of the majesty and honor of the Presidential Medal of Freedom being awarded to Rush Limbaugh. That's right. A man who calls women sluts because they advocate for government funding of of birth control and refers to Obama as his favorite Negro. Freedom! Let freedom ring! I can't even speak. I don't even— Back to Madam Speaker. She has— What is arguably the most uncanny, either intuitive sense or the best advisors around recognizing opportunities for visual iconic moments. Yeah. She really is is incredible. incredible. She does it herself. I asked her last time when she was tweaking about something, one of her 27 tweaks, and I said, oh, who thought that up on your staff? And she goes, oh, I thought it up myself. Like, she does think of them herself. She's incredible. It's interesting. You know it would be— Many didn't like, did not like well, yeah, it. Yeah, called I the 48% like, of America that's pro-Trump. I mean, every, it, it, it's pretty—I yeah. got a ton of pushback on it when I, I said I, I showed the film and said I wanted uh, the, the meme of, of uh, Speaker Pelosi tearing up the script, played it in my funeral, and I got huge playback. You know it would be gangster, though, is if at the next State what? of the Union— what? She tore it up. She socked pants? No, she tore it up, okay. and then slowly but surely, as the president was delivering his State of the Union, which hopefully never happens again, she just starts—she yeah. tears it up and then slowly but surely starts eating the paper. That would be gangster. <laughs> that would be gangster. <laughs> that would—no one would focus on what the president was saying. Just bit by bit oh just started God. eating the you paper. Our nation has degenerated into, like, a 13-year-old boy's— bedroom. It's just, this is just... By the way, that was, I stole that joke from a woman named Bess Kalb. I don't know what Bess does, but she's a genius. Thank you, Bess Kalb. 
Uh, I'd like that. Oh, God. Eats the pig. What did you think? Of, by the way, the how old are we? I, 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 the State of the Union, I now find interesting viewing. It, it was off 21%. No. I thought it was no. really interesting. What did you think of off. it? Off. I, I tweeted this thing. I, you know, I'm the only person, as you know, that wa- has watched all The Apprentices. Yeah. This is exactly what happened with The Apprentice. People got tired of the story, got tired of the narrative, the shittier, ever shittier yeah. narratives. And, the, and this, that's when it fell off. This is exactly, this is what happens with him. You get you get entertained. He, he's a hot mess, but then the hot mess is like this is exhausting, and I don't want to watch it anymore. Uh, there was uh, let me ask you this: Beyond there, there were two I found incredibly offensive, upsetting moments. Uh, what? Which one? Well, the first one was when the the, the president, a man in his seventies, a man and spe- Madam Speaker, a woman in her seventies, who both, regardless, put partisan politics aside. They're both important figures in the United States. We're all Americans. Mm-hmm. When he basically rebuffed her hand, I found that just yeah. Like rattling, just just sort of like, whoa. Yeah, he learned that from Melania. He got that. From <laughs> there you go. go That's a good one. The second was, and I don't, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, uh, but the whole reality they they show there was a very moving moment and very upsetting. It's all very emotionally manipulative when they showed a mother and the, you know her you know this beautiful young son who had lost. Uh, her husband and father in, in his service in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And it was very mm-hmm. moving. The son was trying to comfort the mother, who was obviously very upset. And then a few minutes later, they mm-hmm. had this bullshit reality TV moment where they bring one of the soldiers home, and and the wife and the, and the, the two kids weren't expecting it. And the only thing mm-hmm. I could think about was the other two, who's like, Dad wasn't going to come bur- bursting through oh, the yeah. door. And I'm like, did anybody in the administration planning out these yeah. manipulative moments no, decide? they don't care. That might be kind of difficult for the, for, the, for the mother and the son to realize, well, no, they are where's our dad? And, Is our dad coming home? A lot home? of the military didn't like that. Uh, the mili- a lot of people in the military didn't like that. I thought it was that. very it was, it was cheap. T- you don't use them for it that was very bullshit. Cheap. It's crass. It's crass. It's crass. I'm sorry. The whole thing was crass. And Rush Limbaugh was the icing on the very toxic cake. Anyway, Tesla stock took a major tumble this week by nearly 18%. Cars that were initially scheduled for delivery in early February were delayed due to the outbreak of the new coronavirus. Um, you know, this has been a stock that's been on a, on a tear um, uh, although the fact you didn't, you had been saying it was going to crash, and it did not. It went up further. Um, but coronavirus seems to be impacting it, along with other things. Apple closed stores in China. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, high-level manufacturing being done there by Silicon Valley, especially Apple. Um, any thoughts on this? So, I mean, let's be fair. It's still up 100 percent in the last year, yeah, and it Tesla's a really yeah. Tesla's an unusual phenomenon now. Tesla is no longer an equity that represents. A portion of ownership that trades based on fundamentals. It's now become a currency, and that is two groups of people get together and decide it has a certain value, and it's a currency, and it's not really based on any underlying fundamentals. You had a two-day period this week where 60% of the float turned over, and 60% of owners don't decide the company is worth more or less in a 48-hour period. It, you know, it's not worth... Yesterday, it wasn't worth 20% less than it was the day before. The company's not worth uh, 86% more than it was I think three or four months ago, it has officially detached from how traditional equities are valued. Yeah. It's now become basically a speculative currency. And it's strange, mm-hmm. but it's it's also, there's really two stocks that have been able to detach from any previous valuations that somehow anchored or tethered the sector. And that is Amazon and then Netflix. And now Tesla is the yep. third. 
And it's it's yeah. really interesting. All to watch. around compelling founders, all all around God complex founders who yeah, have a the vision. CEO God complex. Yep. And also very talented founders. Each of no them. doubt about you know, it. Each each of those people are not like oh what a what a blowhard. They're all really talented. Each of them. Yeah, it's the so. idolatry of innovators. And what's interesting is it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy because now, yeah. I mean, Tesla is now worth more than the entire U.S. auto industry. And because they have access to such extraordinarily cheap capital, they can now probably make the types of investments that other auto companies can't make. And it may turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're yep. able to pull That's away from everybody else. 100%. Well, they've got to get it. They ultimately have to get a business that works, such as Amazon did with AWS. Ultimately, you can't keep doing it, but you could do it for a long time. You certainly can. And you're right. The cheap capital gives them lots of opportunity. And, and he's a very clever man. And so he will take advantage of this. Absolutely. But with coronavirus, very quickly, so I want to get to the shadow app. When is this going to, what's going to do to investments? People are, are really starting to focus on that now. So, in what is could be argued will be the mother of all poorly aging comments. I think coronavirus is wildly over uh, inflated in terms of its impact on Americans. We'll have right. we'll have 15 million people who had the flu in the last 12 months. 8,000 died from it, and I believe there's been nine identified cases of coronavirus in the United States. And when you have the administration making these bold announcements and saying the jobs are going to come back and I don't want to – it's it's almost hard to overreact to something like this because key is public yeah. education and maintaining it and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone get away from the beach, evacuate when hurricanes come. I get it. But this to me seems – I think data right. does not foot to the okay. media's uh, hysteria over this. And if you look at – if you actually look at coronavirus, it's quite infectious on a spectrum, but it has a low fatality rate. And the, and the bottom line is the people who die are old. The, the median age of people who die from coronavirus so far is, is 70. So if you're under the age of 60, it's not really a threat to you. Not to say that that doesn't make it a threat, but it's right. not I – just, I just think it's – I think it's more hype than horror. All right. This is Scott's culling of the herd argument. All right. We'll move <laughs> there you on. go. <laughs> there you Jesus go. Scott. Sorry, Nana. For, Sorry, Nana. Sorry, Nana. It's time. I, um, I've had my cold for four weeks now. This is like now you today. You sound it's good. You sound back in action right now. Uh, no, it's just every day. It's very like I, I want to get on my Peloton and I cannot speak. We'll get to Peloton later in a second. But first, let's go to Shadow App, the Iowa caucus debacle. I wrote a big column on it, obviously, where tech meets politics in this uh, 2020 race. The Iowa Democratic Party, for those who don't know it, used an app called Shadow to count votes. It was so glitchy that the results of the caucus were not calculated until well into the next day. Actually, I think they're still counting them. Um, obviously, Republicans used the moment to tout conspiracy theories about rigged results. Um, and it turned out it was owned, although they tried to sort of distance themselves from it, by another group called Acronym, which was a group of, we're going to beat Brad Parcell, Democrats, a lot of them from Obama and Clinton administrations, um, and this we're going to get back. We're going to do our digital thing, um, and obviously they did not do their digital thing. A lot of it had to do with connectivity. It's not clear, but the app just didn't work, and now it's been removed from Nevada races and everything else. So, um, uh, this is really fascinating, and and so I wanted to talk a little bit about the, you know the, the the mix between tech and politics because I do think we should be voting on phones. We should mm-hmm. probably be more digitized with lots of backup systems, but this puts a black eye on that. For sure, especially when the prospect of hacking hangs over everything. 
What? But I, I don't know much about acronym. Can you explain? <laughs> First off, it's, do you think this is good or bad? Do you think this is shadowy or it's about time the Democrats actually started hitting back with their own gangster digital underhanded? Well, they are. They, you know, this acronym is a progressive nonprofit. Right. It, it, there was lots of stories about it. Uh, there's a lot of previous Hillary Clinton staffers. There's some Obama people. It's it's this idea that the, first of all these names are just like someone's like they're like villains in a Marvel movie. Um, you put money into this nonprofit, and it was supposed to be doing all kinds of things to hit back at the Trump machine. Um, they tried to distance themselves, saying that they were merely an investor. Although other other things on their website that say that were saved um, show that they had a lot more linkage to this group. Um, in any case, it's the Democrats being. And I wrote a column saying, look, it's a myth that Democrats are better at tech than. Republicans. Republicans are great at tech. And I was talking 20, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I interviewed Ralph Reed because he was using email and other things more effectively than uh, the conservatives and the evangelicals because they were outside the mainstream media. They learned how to use these tools. And, you know, whatever you think of Brad Parscale, who runs the Trump campaign, they're good at this, even through mm-hmm. nefarious means, anything you can do. But they're very good at targeting, micro-targeting, lying, putting in, like, lots of messaging that is very effective. And the Democrats just sort of sit there looking as if they are internet-y, um, but they're not. They're not as much. So, You know, the mother of all terrible brand moves, I would say the worst brand move of the year, and this, this one of the tops, uh, is the Democratic National Committee uh, for Iowa or the or Iowa Democrats. Mm-hmm. If the debacle in Iowa, think about this. Some of the most important people in the world shaping legislation around vets, seniors, voting, you know, sitting in on confidential intelligence briefings have probably spent more time in Iowa over the last yeah. 12 months. I mean, Marco Rubio is already starting to go to go to Iowa in hopes that 2024 someone will decide he should finally yeah. be a contender for president. These people have spent so much time eating fried Snicker, Snickers bars and loose meat sandwiches. And all like. they're trying to do, and they've probably spent, I don't know, somewhere between $100 million and two, a quarter of a billion dollars. They have spent more time in Iowa than probably anywhere in the world outside of their home states or D.C., such that they can get momentum and an early indicator that they should be the next president. Yeah. And Iowa literally, when I'm doing math with my nine-year-old, when things get tough, occasionally he pulls out his fingers and he looks at the sky and he starts using his fingers. I'm suggesting my nine-year-old should 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 run the Iowa caucuses in four years because it couldn't be much yeah. worse than what has happened. And they well, have, this is the, the way it's set up is so just not – you know, this is why B- Bloomberg is interesting, whether he can sweep in and just – Knock them all out on Super Tuesday. A lot of people think you can. A lot of people think you can't. But it's certainly ripe for disruption the way this is done. And they always do it. This is the way it's done. We have to go to these like pancake breakfasts. And I I think retail politics is important and going to give speeches. And and I think actually more interesting is what Trump's done in these rallies. You know, not everyone can do these. Um, That's an interesting thing and an old timey kind of thing to do and works like where he, you know, he. Have you been to Iowa? I have. I've driven through it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's no. that is summarizes Iowa's role I in the United States. I've driven of through I've been it. To Iowa. This no, is, I've been to Iowa. Is, you want to you want to know again? Again, everything yeah. we do in our society. Des Moines is very lovely, but go ahead. Sorry. Everything we do in this society is rigged such as as a transfer of stakeholder value and power from the young and people of color to old white people. So let's talk about the caucuses. Iowa, Iowa population of Chicago, ninety percent white. Mm-hmm. skews older, and you can't it. help it if you're a presidential candidate, but when you spend all this time in town halls with older white people, you start talking about the fact that Social Security is sacrosanct. No, it isn't. Social Security is the largest transfer 
of stakeholder of money to the to the wealthiest generation in history, and that's senior U.S. citizens. We should absolutely be means testing, you're not liking and seniors. Raising the you're, age. Like, you're like very much ice. Put them on the iceberg, kind of thing, and ice flow. And I'm very, I'm sea. very much about call me crazy, but young people are the future. And we need to stop robbing from yeah. them. Anyways, Someday I hope so, to put you okay, on okay, flow. so that's where everyone is focused. That's where every presidential candidate is listening yes. and being influenced. And then where do they go next? To the second oldest state in the union, New Hampshire, which also happens to be 92% white. And then what do you know? Our policies, our legislation, the shaping of the narrative around, around U.S. politics is, what do you know, all about old white people. Iowa, you are so fucking done. You are so overdue to not have the influence you have in our national politics. Mississippi has the same population, so technically it's just as important. And 58% of Mississippi is white. 62% of America is white. Mississippi would be a much better place to start shaping the narrative around what America needs in terms of its policy than fucking Iowa. Oh, Anyways, right. that's my Iowa rant. Something tells <laughs> right, me I'm not political. welcome at Hawkeye games. I see that Iowa old people. You have a you have a war on old people, Scott Galloway. Well, there's been you a war upset. on normal and young people. Someone's got to punch back. Fair, yeah, yeah. Because both of us are the youngest people there are. Listen to me. We had an argument. Speaking of arguments, I, I don't agree with you on all of this. I think Uh-oh. some of it needs to change. We're going to talk about it. Facebook's 16th birthday this week. We had an argument about Sheryl Sandberg's engagement announcement. Um, yeah, so uh, you, go ahead. What? what, what I, she made an engagement announcement in People magazine. She's getting married to this guy that she's met. Um, and Who seems I, lovely, uh, by the way. He seems lovely. Uh, uh, Scott, you tweeted Sarah, Sheryl Sandberg is engaged. He is lovely. I've met him once or twice. Scott, you tweeted Sheryl Sandberg is engaged. Seems like a nice guy. Everyone deserves a moment of joy and privacy. Okay, moment over. Guess they won't be honeymooning in Canada where she has a standing summons. Scott, could you just— Okay, so make your point. When you— My point is— Okay, My point is, let us focus on what she's done as a business person and not bleed into her personal life. You know how I am with this. When Bill Maher went after Mark Zuckerberg's sweatshirt and his haircut, that it makes him look like whatever. They think he looks like a Roman emperor or whatever. I I just think it's not—like, let's focus on him. When we start to take these little digs at their personal lives— it, it, it diminishes our argument, which needs to be made about their shitty behavior as business people. And so I think um, I think that that's – I just am like, just don't. Like there's so much more to attack them on and, and fairly that it does, you don't need to also drag in this guy and, and everything else. Now, you make your argument. Well, I, I think that's a fair point. I apologize and I'm learning from it. Just oh. kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Like, what? Just kidding. Well, let me ask you this. When you coordinate, when 30 or 90 of your 900-person PR comms team coordinate with People Magazine, a photo essay, uh, using your engagement as a means of fabric softener for the harm you and your boss continue to levy against the U.S., you don't think that's fair game? I don't think it's linked. I don't. I don't think she used thirty people. I think she has her own PR. This is a personal thing. I had. I don't think it was a face. There wasn't that much mentioned in face about Facebook. It was about her husband dying. Who was? Let me just be clear. He was a very good friend of mine. So uh, I think that that it wasn't by Facebook. I don't think it had a lot to do with Facebook. But I. I understand. You're seeing she's trying to like soften up her image because of the other stuff, and that's a good question. Why is she doing that? What is the what is what is going on here? 
I wouldn't. Maybe people knew about it, and she wanted to get ahead of it. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't know. I think I the reaction. I put a note out that I'm getting married. I put a note out that I had yeah, but, kids. But, 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 but hold I wasn't on. doing yeah, it for I, PR. Sorry, you're getting. Go. You're getting married soon. And if you had invited yeah. Vogue in to do a photo essay on your wedding the same day, you also tried to hide a Facebook update posting saying that that privacy was never your intention, the same day that the Epoch Times got circulation on Facebook saying there that was voter right. fraud in Iowa to create, again, more more insecurity and more corruption around our elections. And people mocked the Vogue, uh, what you talked about in Vogue after you coordinated with them at your wedding. It wouldn't be about your divorce. It would be, uh, this. What this in my view, this has nothing to do with her personal tragedy of, of several years ago. This, this is about her tragedy. coordinating... This is about her coordinating a PR orgy to try and soften the damage know. she's loving every day. And her boss, you're right. But I don't, I don't, this is public consumption. To be honest, I think your argument would be more piercing if you had said to me, Scott, when you mock Jeff Bezos around his personal things around his, his, his girlfriend's brother suing him for defamation. Listen, that's a lawsuit that's impacting his business. This is like, this, this is a this Vogue is, article. Well, yes, y- yes, I get that, but I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't people, Im- I, people, I can't imagine they were sitting in room saying, "Okay, everyone hates Facebook. What do we do? Let's put Cheryl's." That's exactly just, what they do every no. day. <laughs> no, they do. That's exactly no. what they do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I just don't think that was. Who would agree just, to have their personal? So if she I had don't, called, that I don't hold know. on, hold on. That, if she I think had something called, else is afoot. Maybe, maybe something else. Well, is this is a theory, and I want you to go on. But first, if she had said. If she had said, or her PR people had called media outlets and said, look, Cheryl's been through a lot, and we want to keep her personal life and her engagement and her wedding kind of out of the press, I think everyone would have respected that. She's not Rihanna. She's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. But instead, they say, let's do a photo essay. Did you read that People magazine article that went into detail about how on their engagement trip, they took both sets of parents and their five kids to a refugee camp in Greece and then announced a $2.5 million. Dollar. As much as you did. I mean, okay. it was just... Make them stop, Kara. Make them stop. <laughs> I have no and control over you, these people. You are, I think you are a, a very loyal and you have this earned and warranted and important position as the left tackle protecting a, a group of people who have No, been, I, oh, are you kidding? Are you, do you, have you read my New York Times? I literally smack Facebook regularly. I'm not talking about Facebook. Hard. I'm talking about women in tech. It's important that people— <laughs> That no, you have, I, a, you I have, literally was you have so a gag to, reflex because you. I didn't wrong. know you cared. You cared about her ex. I didn't even know you know him. You now, have a gag the, reflex. Where I have a ga- go, go ahead. I'm the person who actually took Marissa Mer- Mayer down. So and I got endless shit for it because she's one yeah. of the few. I was hard. That's, that's not true. That is yeah. not true. In this case, I think Cheryl needs absolute criticism for she and Mark together about yeah. what has happened at Facebook. Yeah. I don't care about her engagement. I don't think it should be a subject of discussion. We're going to we're just well, going to tell her that. Tell her that. Keep it to yourself, <laughs> Cheryl. Have, we're happy for you. Keep it to yourself. Well, you know what? That's her decision. I don't, again, that's not my business. And the question is, are you as hard on Zuckerberg as you are on, personally on Sandberg? You did not, you, you, you did not talk about his haircut. You did not talk about his whatever. I, think phys- I don't, I don't attack it. I, I think that's off limits. I don't think you make fun of people's physical attributes. I've never right. made well, fun of when her he was, physical Remember attributes. when he was doing the PR around his baby and speaking Chinese? I didn't hear you pipe up. Oh, that, but you did was... hear me when you invited me to code. I got on a stage yes, you did. at your event. And what did I do? Point. I took people through an argument 
based on his statements, accusing him of being a sociopath. I am not a yes, licensed yes, clinician. So I called him. I called yes. him. I laid out an argument in public on video, which got, I don't know, 200,000 views such that more people yeah. continue to pay $12,000 to come to the ultimate concave of white people called Code, which I'm happy to go to. <laughs> and I called him a sociopath. But that true, didn't because... bother you. That didn't bother no. you. No, because you're talking about his business. You're talking about no, his business. No, I'm not. Look, I just, I I, use he pictures never of talked him about feeding... his wife and baby. You have never, I, and, and nor should you. And if you do, I'm going to have to speak to you very strongly. Um, right, I just and he has the good I, judgment not to invite People Magazine to do photo did. essays on No, 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 no. There was one. Wrong you would be. They did. They did a whole thing. There was a baby. So I mocked the Halloween things. outfits that he had that he published with him and his daughter. I, I, it's just so weird right. to be trying I, to convince speak, you that I've been cruel get... to other people. <laughs> 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 Look, we're going to disagree on this, but let me get to what Zuckerberg said this week when he was announcing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, he still is wrapping himself in free expression and stuff like that. And this right. is a quote. This is, needs to be attacked. This is a new approach. I think we're going to piss a lot of people off. But frankly, the old approach was pissing a lot of people off, too. Let's try something different. We're going to be honest. I just, I, my head blew off. I'm seriously. Say more. Say more. I, I just am like, what are you talking? First of all, stop wrapping yourself in this free expression thing and, and okay. conflating all kinds of yeah. things. The second thing is going to be honest now. Like, we're going to be on. Like, they aren't, they, but they're fundamentally yeah. dishonest as a, as a company. And then piss a lot of people off. But frankly, the, was pissing a lot of people. I'm like, that's the attitude that you have? Like, bad. no, yeah, no, no. You have, like, you don't have to be in constant frustration of I'm sorry, but just, like, it's such an obnoxious, it's such an obnoxious silica. I'm surprised because I, I, I've i never seen that. I, it's such a victimization attitude where he's Which is a key component doing. of sociopathy. I'm the victim. Yeah, well, okay. Right, I'm the okay, victim. But, Only, and I can save us, and you don't understand me. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so it's literally a, it was so Trumpy and I was deeply disappointed. He's decided to do the brazen it out approach, which I think works yeah. for some people. And I don't think it's going to work for him. Um, it works for Trump. He's a big hot mess. He makes a mess. But there's very few people this works for. And I don't I, I just couldn't see an adult like Tim Cook do this or Reed Hastings or Jeff Bezos. You know yeah. what I mean? I liked when yeah. Jeff punched back about, at, at the National Enquirer, but that was appropriate. Yeah. So, in other words, just back off of Cheryl's uh, fiancé. Just back off of him. Just come. I'm angry and broken. We just disagree. We just disagree. I think you have an incredible ability to have Go insight on. into things, and I think it takes away from your insights. Oh, that I think hurts. people, you, you open hurts. yourself up to attacks when you do this, and you needn't because you have so much fodder, that so much stuff you can throw. You don't need to throw that. That's just Don't my try to obfuscate the argument with compliments. <laughs> Okay. You're so (laughs) insightful and deep. I think there's something else going on here. Maybe she's thinking of leaving the company. I don't know. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah. Was, you have a theory. That, you have a theory that this, part, this is part theory. of the orchestrated PR why. plan I'm, I'm, that she's going to leave. Don't, I think she's, she's trying leaving. to carve out an image. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. She said she's told me directly she's going to stay until it's fixed. So I don't know. I, 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 well, maybe you know, she, she said that fixed. publicly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree know. with she you. I think she's going to declare victory and leave. I think she's very focused on her manicuring her own her own brand. I think she has political ambitions and she, she well, no, wants to— No, I think to, her brand's been hurt rather— Oh, it'll never really. happen, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have ambitions. 
Like I said, oh, well, Senator Rubio. I don't think she did. I've president. I've been the one that said she does not. She wasn't going to run for politics, but that was me. I was the only one that was saying that. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, we're going to first go. We can talk about Huawei, but let's not do that because we don't have enough time here. We've talked enough about. We've yeah. Sucked it up with Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg's personal lives. All right, Scott. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with listener mail and wins and fails and predictions. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back. I'm here with Scott Galloway on Pivot. Let's get into some listener mail. Scott? You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You've got mail. Hello, Karen Scott. My name is Brian calling in from Toronto. My question is about One Medical, the alphabet-backed patient care disruptor. What are your thoughts about the company and the IPO debut? Do you believe the business model is sustainable and scalable? And what's your assessment of the concierge medicine industry? Thank you very much. Love the podcast. Cheers. So, Scott, what do you think about this One Medical thing? Now, I just went to one of those places. It wasn't One Medical, and I think they're great. I actually find them very helpful. Um, But what do you think about this business? Because it's really interesting. You can see, you know, this is Alphabet. This is Google here. Amazon's options getting in the healthcare business. It definitely needs to be streamlined, especially on things like flu or very easy things to solve. So what do you think? What do you think about this disruption? Well, I think it's I think it's a it's a gangster idea, and what I've come to believe around business is that even more important than the execution of the company itself is the industry it's disrupting. And yeah. the two most disruptable industries in the world right now are number two is education, my industry, where we have become drunk on luxury brands, have a small series of monopolies, and are basically preying on the hopes and dreams of parents, such that we charge them ninety five percent gross margin. Uh, to 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 hopefully certify their children to have the same opportunities we all had for a fraction of the money. But anyways, the number the most disruptable industry in the world, hands down, is U.S. healthcare. And yeah. what's interesting though is the question around healthcare is: Will the same thing happen to healthcare that has happened to the media industry and is now happening mm-hmm. to shipping and fulfillment? And that is, it becomes featureized. And what I mean by that is that a big player, a series of big players, including Google, Apple. Amazon come in and start offering healthcare services at a kind of break even or even a loss such that they can increase the NPS, increase the loyalty and increase the another business that drives more shareholder value. So and they Apple can sell other things, right? They 100%. Can so so Apple can Devices. go into original scripted television and spend 4.5 billion dollars so they can sell more iPhones. Amazon spends 9 billion dollars on original scripted television such that so more marketing. people so more people uh, – so it goes from 72% of homes to 77%. In addition, renewal rates renewal rates at uh, Amazon Prime since they launched Prime Video have gone from 78% to 92%, which has probably yeah. added $100 billion in market cap. So c- could – Yes, Could the I, I, healthcare industry so, become the new feature of another business? So healthcare tech? as marketing ham. Interesting. Healthcare as marketing ham. ham. 
That's right. Yeah. Healthcare as a service. What do you think? No, it's true. I think it's true. I, you know, I remember talking to Jill Soloway once, and she was talking. You know, she was talking about her experience at Amazon. I mean, we were just chatting about her stuff, that why she went there, and things like that. And one of the things I said is, you should get more money because you're helping them sell more toilet paper. Like, do you understand? Like, you should get a, a vig of the toilet paper. And she was laughing. I'm like, no, really. This is not about your programming. It's about selling toilet paper. It's like it's having a re- they're having a relationship with a customer, and you're just a, uh, an added plus. Kind yeah. of stuff, which I thought was, and she had never thought of it that way. But it was, I was like, you hardly matter. Like you, they're they're happy to have it, and it's good for for people who like your wonderful entertainment. But it's really about that. And so, yeah, this these 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 I, they, they've been sort of bumping along all these things. I, you know, uh, Steve Case was involved in one of these minute clinics that were in Walgreens, and you know, you'd think the pharmacy industry would own this area, and they do. They have these minute clinics, but they're not very good. But these standalone one medicals and City Med, I think there's a City Med MD or something like that. Um, I had such a good experience. And yeah, I, I, I want, I, all I wanted to do was find out if I had strep throat so I could take the right drugs. And it was simple. It was fast. It was easy. It was not, you know, it really was. And I was like, it, it, there's lots of these things happening. It's just that none of them has been backed by a, like, it hasn't been big yet. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is how yeah, people get it. Although work. I think the whole trend is a good one for consumers because you do They're get, great. like, most illnesses are small, like a, a strep or a flu and easily fixed. And the whole system, what happens is you get so sick you go to the hospital and that's like a horrible, you know, situation. Um, but I do think I do think it's an interesting once once like an Amazon gets in here or a Google, crazy. I, it's going to be crazy. Could be inter- and then of course the data, the data, the data, the data. Well, here, here's the thing: there's good and there's bad. The good news is, you know, never have a group of people stuck their chin out further than the U.S. healthcare industry, the insurance industry, it's the the drug industry. So it's sort of like we welcome the disruption. The yeah. the bad it's like news the is the industry dis- with Uber. Right. Yeah, the the bad news though is that the majority of the shareholder value that's gonna you're gonna hear this enormous sucking sound out of the healthcare industry, which is one of the most valuable industries in the world. And that's a good thing. They need to be disrupted. Uh consumers will probably recognize some of that 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 disruptive value transition. But all of that value, that shareholder value is gonna go to the same people it's always going to. It's gonna go to the big tech guys. Just the same way if you'd said yeah. who's gonna accrete the most value through uh, the, the Witcher and a show called The Mandalorian. You wouldn't say mm-hmm. Disney and Apple. You wouldn't say that the coolest new comedy, Fleabag, who would that accrete a value to 10 years ago? Yeah. You wouldn't say, mm-hmm. oh, Amazon. You would have said, wait, isn't Amazon going to buy Macy's or something? So yeah. you have entire industries being disrupted, yeah. which you could argue is a good thing. We need We need job destruction for innovators. We need to reinvent industries. But all that value is going to the same small number of companies that, by the way, don't pay their taxes, by the way, overrun Washington, you know, yeah. is, by the way, let their platforms be weaponized. So there's good and bad here. And we need we need smart people to step in and figure out where the but externalities are. They're coming in. Oh, they 100%. Come in. This is exactly what I would do if I was each of those three. You know, it would be Apple, uh, Amazon and Google, really. I, you know, Facebook doesn't seem to be wandering around this area, but it's, it certainly could. All right, th- wins and fails. Wins and fails. I'm going to uh, go first. do mine first. Spotify buying Bill Simmons the Ringer, largely because it's good for Kara and Scott. Do you know um, what the purchase price was? I, I've heard a hundred million dollars, but I yeah, I heard nine or hundred million too. Yeah, um, it's the Spotify's fourth major podcast acquisition. <laughs> do they offer health insurance? <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, Hello, Spotify. Kara and Scott are for sale. Um, 
so th- that was great for Bill. We had talked about this. Um, you know, I think he, you know, he had some issues around that company. They, he, there was a union thing going on. I suspect he didn't like running things. I know that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And so this puts me. It'll be interesting to see how they manage. My issue is. Look, it could be, a, again, a hot mess inside Spotify with all these different pods. Like, if they don't organize them correctly. But it makes sense on Spotify's part to try to, like, buy up different things cause, uh, to differentiate themselves. But I hope they organize it properly because I can just see, like, Gimlet. I think Simmons' thing is going to be separate from Gimlet. It just it feels a little bit like, oh, is this could be a problematic mess inside the company. But otherwise, I think it's great for Bill Simmons. I think his products are great. And so uh, it's interesting that he started this just a few years ago and he's selling, I think it's 40 to 50. I forget how many podcasts he has, but he has a lot. And they're all in sports, a lot of sports-oriented stuff. And my fail is, it's not my fail, is Peloton did really well uh, which is a, a plus, but that it, it, it seemed to have affected SoulCycle's profits. And you know, as you know, I have this now, I love SoulCycle. You and love then SoulCycle. The, the idiot who owned it gave all this money to Trump, and I stopped using it. But it had its biggest year-over-year sales decline on record, uh, especially in December because of the people buying Pelotons and stuff. And I, I see, I, you could see that coming. So that's my two. Hmm. It's a fail for, for SoulCycle not to have sold a bike, for example, and done this. And you, both, you, you do both. You have a soul cycle. Have you found your own? No, I don't go to soul cycle at all. I refuse to give that guy money. I'm sorry. Yeah, but even distinct to that, do you think that soul, do you, do you personally see that trend moving to in home Peloton? Yes, versus, I do. I think know. they're really good. I think these things are interesting for people who can afford them, obviously. Not everyone can do it. I also joined the Y this week because I think the Y is great. Um, and I want my kids to go there. And I, you know, I just think it's a good, I like commu- community based things like that. So, um, you know, it's it's of a certain thing. I like to go out and do things with people. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely a trend then for sure. Especially that they do a beautiful job. Peloton. Let's all go to Scotts and beat them with a hammer. <laughs> Get on my Peloton. Yes, Scott, sit on my Peloton. Let me there put it up go. to fifty. Um, so uh, so anyway, so yes, I do think it's a trend. But that's we can talk about that another day. What are your wins and fails? Uh, my win was. Uh, I watched. Did you see the scene at New Hampshire Town Hall? Yes, yesterday? I did last night. Yes, I thought there was some really. I thought there were two powerful moments. Uh, first okay. off, I appreciate that Andrew Yang is calling out Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg per year yes. comments. I've been disappointed that thus far there really hasn't been a lot of focus on big tech, and I think they're so busy that it's difficult to learn and be nuanced. And they're also scared to kind of poke the bear. These companies are very yeah. powerful and have a lot of money. So I, I appreciate Andrew too, Yang calling One of them out. Did. Someone else did. There were two oh, did people. they? Uh, I, did, I just yeah. saw the Yang one. The yeah. other one was I, the other win for me was Senator Warren. I thought had a very powerful oh, moment so that didn't get that much attention, and she she talked about um, uh, she talked about the AIDS crisis in the context of the opioid crisis, and created and said that there was a lot we could learn from the AIDS crisis, and that is similar to opioids. That part of the reason the government hadn't intervened and provided the funding and the education and kind of the heft and the mojo. Uh, to push back on these tragedies. Um, And you need government intervention here. You need the full heft and might and dignity of the greatest fighting force in history, and that's the U.S. government. And the reason it had taken too long uh, with opioids was similar to uh, AIDS, and that is there's a stigma around both of these things. And she brought up how uh, a young man named Ryan White changed everything, and it immediately took me back yeah. To when I first heard about and learned about Ryan White and just how it really yeah, like what a dignified young man he was punched you in the gut and yep. it kind of changed everything. Well, and I thought as a kid, I mean, they should have yeah, been doing it long. There was before. just no, 
There was just, regardless of your religion, regardless of whatever bigoted, fucked up in the head reasons you had to not feel sorry for certain uh, certain cohorts that were getting ravaged by this plague, you just couldn't ignore Ryan White. You just couldn't yeah. ignore it. You couldn't turn away from it. And that's when things change in the Ryan White Act. And we, we act, you know, we have pushback in a big way. The warm hand of science has lifted a lot of people up. From from HIV and it's been a huge uh, a huge victory, albeit too too late. And and Senator Warren said we tend to be a dollar short and a day late on these things. And last year, more people died uh, from opioids than died uh, in, during the peak of the AIDS crisis in the mid nineties. Yeah. And that she used data, compassion. She has a plan. She's fantastic. She's proved so drastically. She's so qualified yeah, to be president. You sit there fantastic. and you're like, she has incredible. Wow. She has incredible blue flame thinking. She's a leader. She's thought. She's like Jed Bartlett. I'm like, she's a lady no, she's Jed Bartlett. Super you know what I mean? Super woman. Super she is, and it's just woman. depressing that people just have to, like, focus on what they don't like about her. She's really quite a brilliant person. I think she's jammed too far over to the left. She shouldn't have because she's really not actually as left. Open borders and Medicare Medicare for all have killed it. She's yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, she's she done. really should have not because she's really quite a— rep- you know what I mean? Yeah, like done. it's the, she's she was she should have been true no, to herself. She's, she's the she's she's the smartest person in the room. She reminds me a little bit. I mean, obviously a different kind of a different character and, and moral fabric, but she reminds me of Bill Clinton. I think when Elizabeth Warren shows up, it goes into any room. There's a good chance she knows more about the topic than anyone else in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking the, of, my, by the way, two. Speaking of which, I'm going to do very quick fail, which was the Barnes and Noble diverse editions for young people. I do want to mention this was depressing to see. Um, they used AI to scan the inside of books where there was a specific reference for protagonists being white. Um, and they didn't change that, but they they they, they literally put uh, people of color on the front. And it was just ridiculous. It was a ridiculous for Black History Month. And it was uh, just insane not to just hi- just to just get more people of color as writers, publish more, put them on stores, feature them. It was like, this was just, they should be elevating narratives that reflect these stories. Um, And they just put, it just was depressing. I was sort of like, who in the, what room, what did that happen in where they thought this was a good idea? Um, It was just, I was just, I was shocked by how in this day and age that someone would do something as dumb and pap as that. So thank you. I'm going to just... Really yeah, that seemed that seemed like how did that how did that get through? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in that room where I would have been like, stop, 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 stop. My fail, my fail is uh, I love the term. I, I um, you have the straight term you called Pete Buttigieg a, a non-carbonated gay, which uh, yeah. I, lo- I always use the term non-carbonated or the Diaco version of <laughs> Casper is pricing today. I think Casper is yes. sort of the non-carbonated. Um, I don't want to call it WeWork. It's more like the non-carbonated Blue Apron. Do you remember when Blue Apron went yes. public? It was a cute yes, brand. Did. Kind of a nice business, uh, aspirational. Business made no sense. So Casper, okay. Casper's going public. They were they, yeah. they initially said they were going to price at seventeen to nineteen dollars a share. They're saying they're pricing at twelve dollars a share. It's yeah. to, which gives it a market cap of five hundred million. Its last round was at one point one billion, and it's becoming a bit of a poster child for how the froth around taking a bad business putting a bright young management team on top of it, putting VCs mm-hmm. behind it, calling it disruptive, using the term technology 130 times. So in the last many one, of them. Makes, makes a great company or a company worth over a billion dollars, and it doesn't. And I think this company, yeah. if it gets out, and I guess it is going to get out, mm-hmm. it's going to be down 40% in the next six months. This business makes absolutely no you sense. You did predict it wasn't going to go public, but it's going for it, Scott. It's saying, screw mm, you, we'll Scott. We'll see. But it, no, I said— 
I said if it did, no, to be fair, I said if it gets public, it's off 50% in the first 12 well, months. And I think it's going to know that by our next months. show. But until then, what is well, your Well, not in the first prediction? week. Hold on. Hold on. Right. I want to put my timing okay. around this stuff. I, okay. I don't think. Should we move to predictions? Anyways, Casper. No, no, Casper's you, a loss. So Ca- no, Casper's not a prediction. But So you think it's going to go out at a much less and then drop precipitously? It, it might hold because Goldman will good a good job of marketing. Goldman's now running around no. institutions and saying, I'll get you in Casper, but you can't sell. They're going to try and find people who won't sell for a while. They're going to constrict the flow to try and create artificial artificial demand and keep it artificially up. But once yeah. the lockup on those things come out, everyone at Casper, right. all the employees are going, yay, yay. And then calling the broker going, when is my lockup done here? When yeah. can I There's sell this There's a lot of thing? companies like Casper. There's so many. Jewel, there was a good story in BuzzFeed about Jewel today. Oh, the mess that is now um, in terms of valuations. All right, what's your prediction? So uh, this is, we, you like these quizzes we were doing. I'm going to give yeah. you a quiz, and it's a little uh, bit, it kind of moves to a prediction about Tesla. And it's sort of okay. a, uh, I think it's sort of a Inspector Clouseau or a clue quiz. How could Tesla, and this is my prediction, how could Tesla be the catalyst or a product, I'll give you a hint, a product from Tesla. How could a product from Tesla ultimately be the catalyst or the spark of an economic crisis? What? What is this? Um, I don't know. You don't know? No, I don't know. Tell me. Please illuminate me. Okay, this is my prediction. In the next, in the next... I don't know. I, I get. I'm. I'm usually pretty good with predictions. It's the timing where I get it off. Um, but I think in the next two to five years, Tesla launches a coin, because if you look at the people who are responsible and are attracted to Tesla stock, it's the same crypto weirdos. Okay. It is literally the same demographic. My brother and has a Tesla, but okay, all right. I have a Tesla it. too. Uh, so Elon Musk is a visionary, super intelligent, and he is unafraid, and he is going to launch a Tesla coin. And the Tesla coin is going to become this crazy speculative currency. And I used to think that Amazon was going to launch a stable coin. Now I believe that Tesla is going to wade into the waters and launch their own coin. It is going to become the speculative asset, the likes of which we've never seen before, which will be good for Tesla and the initial issuers of the coin. And I still don't entirely understand the dynamics behind issuing a coin and how they limit supply. And some coins are based on a right Right. to purchase a product, which would obviously foot well to Tesla. But if Tesla launched a coin and every coin gave you the opportunity to be first in line for their upcoming products and created a currency, if you will, which is when just when two people agree that a certain fiat vehicle yeah. has value, the Tesla coin could go after the monopoly that is now controlled by Bitcoin. So my prediction is Tesla in huh. the next few, several years is going to launch a coin. That is a crazy prediction, Scott. I like it. Not That's Amazon. Right. Not That's Amazon. right. Well, the stable coin Amazon from Amazon would be really interesting too. I think it could be Amazon, a stable coin, but I what think What would that, you get for your Amazon coin? Well, Better here's prices, the thing. You discount. can't if it represents in any way ownership, it has to go through the SEC, and the SEC right. has said 90% of all coins are fraud and places like Coinbase are basically trading in fraud other than Bitcoin. The only one that survived and people can get their money out of has been Bitcoin and every other coin has ended up being just a pump and dump fraud. So they're very, okay. very worried about these coins. So you can't, it can't represent ownership in an asset because then technically it becomes a security subject to regulation. And Facebook tried to do, tried yeah. to make it subject Maybe. to regulation and make it backed by a currency, a basket of currencies, a genius idea, a regulatory body. They did everything right, except unfortunately it's from people you can't trust who, who, 
prostitute their personal events in, in People Magazine to soften their danger. <laughs> but anyway, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Back to this, back to the Tesla coin. Tesla could potentially say, all right, in exchange for a coin, you get to be front of the line on any upcoming products, which would just be an excuse to create some sort of initial value. Right. And then traders would come in on both sides, and you could see this coin turn into a global, basically a default currency. And he's the guy that could probably, he's not only smart enough and visionary to do it, he's got kind of the, he's got the backbone and the sack to do it. This would be pretty, I I think Amazon's board might go, I don't know, this could be scary. You know, Tesla's board is Elon Musk and Elon Musk. So uh, anyways, I think the Tesla coin is coming our way. All right, Tesla. That's a big prediction, Scott Galloway. I like speaking of a sack. That was a really big prediction. Big prediction. Big prediction. The, so sad. the dog was not fixed. The uh, owner so said, let him roll. Let him run. In some way. He runs I'm to gonna, the park on his own, but you they have, did not fix him. You have been given another week before I come up there and hurt you so that you have a catastrophic illness. No. Anyway, Scott, Carol. you need to read our credits. You need to oh, read that's our right. credits. Rebecca Sinanis is our producer. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. Special thanks to Drew Burrows and Rebecca Castro. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple or iTunes or on Spotify. If you're on Android or anywhere you get your podcast from. If you want to hear more from us or you have a specific idea or a question, please email us. And also, please leave a review or suggest our podcast to a friend. We appreciate all your evangelism for the show and your support. Tune in next week for a breakdown of all things business and tech.